Thank you for joining us for IEB There. And now your host, Zoe Soon. Over to you, Zoe. Thanks, John. Today is Wednesday, May 20th, and I'm Zoe Soon, Vice President of the Consumer Experience Center at IAB. Um, and welcome to today, today's edition of IAB There, our daily live stream in which we connect with the digital advertising ecosystem. Today, we'll be talking about brand building during a recession. Our guest today is Adam Weiss, Vice President and Strategy Director for Giant Spoon. Welcome to the um, episode today, Adam. Thank you. It's great to be here, Zoe. Great to have you. So just for everyone at home who's listening, Giant Spoon was named um, Experiential Ad Agency of the Year by Adweek last year. And Adam, yeah. Was, yeah, Adam was part of the team who masterminded, you know, recreating Westworld at um, South by Southwest, HBO at South by Southwest, and most recently did an amazing um, activation at CES for unveiling uh, season three of Westworld. Yeah, what an, what an interesting time for us to win experiential agency of, of the year uh, <laughs> and kind of start to think about, okay, what does this, this next year begin to look like? Right, so really excited to be talking to you today. Um, do you maybe want to tell us a little bit about your role at Giant Spoon? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, as you mentioned, I'm one of the strategy directors at Giant Spoon, I've worked across both the LA and New York offices. I'm now in Los Angeles. Uh, most notably, we mentioned I've been on HP and spent a lot of time on HBO, but really working across accounts and working really closely with all of our clients to start to identify how we can you know, bridge their brand into culture, how we can reach their audience in new, interesting ways. And I think that's ultimately what has led Giant Spoon to, to do such interesting work. It might be video and social content, but also a lot of podcasts and custom content partnerships and product launches. And as you mentioned, also experiential. Um, so it's, I think as a strategist, it's, it's such a fascinating place to be and type of work to do because uh, we can identify the problem, but we don't always know what that creative solution is going to look like until we really get into the brand and the work itself. Right. And, and right now, you know, so many brands are pausing their spend or deferring it. I think at the latest IAB ad spend report, uh, a quarter of those surveyed have paused campaigns for Q1 and Q2, and almost half have adjusted. Um, globally, the, the World Federation for Advertisers found that 89% you know, have deferred. But you know, what we're gonna talk about today is now is actually the time where you can really make headway as a brand. Um, what do you say to brands right now that are thinking about their budgets? Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's so much there. I think uh, just kind of rewinding backwards, I would say the past year, two years, a lot of our clients and, and companies that have come to us, uh, we've worked with them to identify what's that next step that they want to take as a brand. It might be a new market opportunity. It might be a new audience. They kind of know where we're at has been great, but like we want to become even better. Mm -hmm. um, and one thing we talk about Giant Spoon is always like, how do we identify the potential of a brand? Like we believe that branding has such great potential mm -hmm. um, to inform and move culture, but we also believe that brands have a lot of potential. So to start to kind of work with them and identifying what's the, the unique North Star, that thing that they can own and it can form all of their messages and where they show up in the world. Um, and there's been so much enthusiasm, excitement around that, especially with some of our clients that we've been working with. And it's kind of laid the groundwork for what we hope to do and will continue to do in the coming years. 
And then as you mentioned, uh, COVID hit and uh, now this upcoming recession. Um, and I think it's easy to, and, and rightfully so times to react and just say like, like, okay, like, let's get out, let's stop what we're doing. Um, and that does need to happen to a certain degree, but, um, we've also been talking to, to clients as well as like, okay, let's, let's take a moment, like take a beat. Uh, and yes, we should, maybe we need to act immediately in this quarter, but like, what do the coming quarters, the coming year start to look like? And how can we continue to build on all of that great brand building work that we've done? Um, in this new this new landscape, um, as you mentioned, I, I mean, like you know, p- companies are pulling their budget. Um, but if you start to look back and, and look at the historical context, uh, even and I, I acknowledge that this this uh, recession is certainly different and unique from others. But there's definitely lessons we can learn from other recessions, and there's a century's worth of research. I think dating back to like 1920s, essentially, anytime there's a recession, there's a study. Um, every single one of those studies has said that. Uh, recessions breed tomorrow's market leaders. Um, and what's cool. happening is it's a, it's a quieter space. Um, people are pulling out, but it's also a chance for you as a brand to increase your, your share of voice and therefore increase your market share. Um, so I think that there's, there's so many different opportunities there's a way to kind of live that out and uh, figure out what that looks like. But I think especially for brands who are kind of like at that number two, number three spot in their category, mm-hmm. those challenger brands, this could be a real opportunity um, to invest and kind of see their market share grow. Right. I mean, Warren Buffett made his millions based off every downturn, right? So I think it's a, a principle that applies across a number of fields. Um, going back to those challenger brands, I think DTC, you know, direct-to-consumer brands also have a unique advantage now because they've been digital first, digital only. And right now it's such a digital market. Do you have any thoughts on direct-to-consumer brands and challenger brands and how they can actually go about taking advantage of this downturn? Yeah, I mean, and we've, we've had uh, the ability to work with a few DTC brands and, and I think a lot of DTC brands have kind of followed a certain equation mm-hmm. um, from the very beginning of their brand to now. It's very programmatic and you can kind of plan it out. Um, and there have been great brands and products who have been built on that model. But I think, again, kind of like looking at what's that, that next step, how do we continue to grow? Um, it does start to lead into that realm of like, okay, we've, we've really focused on our product and sales activation, but now let's build our brand. Um, what's that emotional message that we want to put out into the world? That message that goes beyond just our product, but speaks to who we are, that people want to share it, people want to talk about it. And I think right now, especially um, when we know that there is uh, people can't really purchase or they're doing a lot of online shopping, but um, our mindset or behaviors haven't really changed other than just uh, we're stuck inside. Um, and this is opportunity for those DTC brands, I think like other brands to lean into like, what is, what's the purpose and what's the emotional message that aligns with who we are as a brand and what our audience needs, needs to hear and needs to see. So I think for them, especially like they've kind of, have been working towards that, that point to shift to brand building. And this is such a great opportunity to do so. Um, and I think that's, that's one of the keys too, is like, if you, uh, this is a, it certainly is a tough time and you might, you will, and have to pull back your budget to a certain extent, but, uh, us as marketers, if we can see this as an opportunity, um, and identify the opportunities, then we start to look at marketing as an investment. Um, and how do I continue to build my brand? Right. I mean, I think it's a a huge time for transformation right now. Everyone's rethinking how they're doing everything. I feel like there's a new openness because our normal structures have kind of been pulled away. Um, 
And I think it was a study by Social Media Today and Global Web Index that said consumers still expect advertising, but what they expect to change is the tone or the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the brand message. Do you have any advice for how you know, brands can, can continue to invest, but how they do it in a way that's brand safe, that's you know, not going to upset their, their audience? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, one thing we were talking to our clients about is uh, it's we don't necessarily need to immediately pull any marketing campaign that we have out there. It is a chance to evaluate, like, yes, we're putting this message in a new landscape, but let's see if it still works. Um, there's a lot of this, some of the studies that have been done today that have kind of looked at from a day-to-day basis, what are the consumer perceptions? And is there a sense of alienation now that we're living in this world of social distancing? And and a lot of those studies have shown that like, actually the concern is much bigger than what the actual problem is. Um, so I do think it's extent of like, evaluate the message that you have out there. Does it still work? Is it insensitive? It's probably not, but um, start to kind of look through that lens. And I think that's where like strategic planning is really important. Um, but then I think if you do need to tweak, and this is something we've, we've been talking to our clients about is like, sometimes it's we need to change the message or the, the medium and optimize it. Other times, this might be an opportunity to completely rethink, recreate, or uh, kind of reposition your brand. And again, I think that's what it goes back to, like, what is what are your core values as a brand? Those values that you've been trying to, and you want to put out in the world. And how does that start to align with p- what people need? And I don't think that it's always we need to tell people as brands that, hey, COVID is a problem. They know that it's a part of their life. But do they need more messages of joy or community or caring that aligns with what you do as a brand and as, as your product? Um, so that's kind of, you know, we talk about Giant Spoon of like, how do we bridge your brand into culture? And it's very much that of like, what is it that's unique about your brand and how do we fit it into our audience life in a way um, that's going to resonate with where they're at at the time? Right. And what, re- and what resonates with what's true for the brand, right? It's out, absolutely. Uh, so if I was your client and I, and I was looking for advice, yeah. um, just role-playing here, <laughs> COVID hits, my whole campaign may not be relevant. What are you, what's your advice, like the steps that I would go through with my team to, to kind of re-plan my strategy now? Yeah, I love that. Uh, first, I would say, I think it's kind of where we're at right now that a lot of brands are, okay, they're, they're reallocating their budget. Maybe we need to move things around. People aren't where we're putting our ads, so we should probably change that. Um, I imagine that's the first course of action. I think a lot of that has been like reallocation has really been from just kind of withdrawal altogether. Um, but are there new places that we can start to identify or that we want to move into? Mm-hmm. Um, the second piece, and there's, there's probably like an A, B, and C underneath this is reevaluate again, like what we're living in this new landscape, our customers in a new world, our brand is operating differently. Let's start to reevaluate and really start to plan out what this looks like. And I think that's a couple of things. Um, first of all, get smart on your audience um, and the landscape. Uh, I think you mentioned this and I've, we've seen it from other studies of a lot of marketing departments are cutting their research budget. Um, again, I get it, but like, this is the time to like get to know and understand your audience more than ever before because yeah. we are all living at such a pivotal time and we want to make sure that we're moving and shifting with them. Um, we always talk about like, I think anytime in advertising and marketing, we say like, there's no playbook for this. It's always like an exciting, like, oh, it's the wild west. This is fun. <laughs> but now we're like, oh shoot, there's no playbook for this. So yeah. we need to make the playbook. Right. Uh, we need to get out there. Like it's not etched in stone. It can continue to customize. So that's the first piece. And then 
The second piece is move from response to preparation. Um, I think we've always been so focused on like, how do we react in real time? What's real time? How do we respond? Um, that's critical, but now let's start to look ahead and scenario plan. How does our brand move and operate in a post COVID world or during a recession? Um, and then third, I've mentioned it, but like, what is your, your brand's North star? That one thing that you can kind of continue to come back to. Um, I think we've, yeah, I think, I think we've seen examples already that people are, the brands have such clarity on that North star, like know how to act, whether it's a recession or a pandemic or prosperity. Um, so those kind of are the, are the three pieces. I think there's different ways you can go about it, but that's kind of where I'd initially direct our clients, especially now that, you know, we've all kind of been given some time back and all of that long-term planning that we said, like, man, I wish I could do that. Like now is kind of the time to, to think about and plan accordingly. I love that. I, I have a contact that works at Today Ticks, the Broadway ticketing company, and they've rebranded as Tomorrow Ticks for now. They're really seeing this as a time to reinvest and, and be ready because it's going to be a less cluttered market once yeah. everyone emerges from this. So they're really looking at it as an insular time to to be ready for the re-emergence, which I, I think is a great idea. That's great. So I'd be remiss to not talk about experiential marketing, sitting with, you know, somebody from one of the best agencies for experiential marketing. Um, how, do, how can brands leverage the same, I guess, advantages of experiential during this time? Uh, we're seeing the convergence of you know, games, social, video, sport, the things like Fortnite and, and Twitch where people are coming for the entertainment. I think Travis Scott recently dropped his latest single on Fortnite mm -hmm. and what followed was, you know, buy these Nikes that he was wearing, buy these shorts that he was wearing. So I think people are getting really innovative and we're seeing an oversupply of talent and audience and we're having to recreate how we connect to the two. So have you guys had any thoughts on how that looks in the new reality? Yeah, I, I could talk about this for, for a while. I mean, I think um, one, one thing that we've been doing in the experiential team and strategy and creative and just kind of pulling all of uh, the members of the team together is start to uh, ask these questions, but like build a round table. Um, and this is probably a recommendation for, for brands as well as like, who's on your round table to ask some of these big picture questions. Um, it might be related to experiential. It might be related to how to launch or relaunch your brand or reach new customers. And so for experiential, we have a, a fantastic team um, at Giant Spoon uh, who immediately kind of pulled together and saying like, okay, a lot of our business is uh, experiential. It's in person and we've had such success and like great stories from it. Um, but now how do, we, how do we shift? How do we move to virtual or digital spaces? And um, the thing that, you know, we, we always talk about, like, everything starts with strategy at Giant Spoon, and that's something we're, we'll continue and we are continuing to, to lean into as we think about, okay, what does a new uh, experience look like in these spaces? And uh, the thing we keep coming back to is, like, one, people still, they still want to gather. Mm -hmm. um, they just can't. Uh, and so the reason, whether it's the uh, South by Southwest world, the Bleed for the Throne, all these, like, great things that we've done, um, people love like these physical activations because one, it's, it's a unique experience that exists in like a set time uh, mm -hmm. or location. And you mentioned Travis Scott and Fortnite. That was, uh, it was a specific time that if you're a gamer, you play Fortnite, you can tune in and watch this concert. 
Uh, and then there's also me who I, I don't play Fortnite, but I was able to watch the, the broadcast of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's incredibly important as we build these spaces, but then allow the social aspect and uh, this broader reach, which is kind of how we also design our spaces. Um, and again, like people want to connect with others, like they want to share, they want to have like, what's that thing that they can share out. Um, and so now it's like, let's build on that, that foundation, but take it to a digital space. And I think probably in the first couple of weeks and we're, we've experienced and we're on it now, like even in terms of digital experiences, we're all so quick to go to Zoom and live stream. Um, and Giants and the team, like we're very excited to kind of think about like, okay, how do we move from Zoom to live stream and think about what does it look like if we have uh, smaller groups or if we mail people something or there's some tangible physical aspect of, to that, of it. Um, just to continue to innovate and kind of reinvent this field. And then you kind of get the, the tactile experience. It's more of a 360 experience as opposed to watching. Yeah. You get the mail out. And... Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the thing that we talk about too is just that like every experience we put out there, whether that is experiential or it's a video is let's build this on a narrative, like one single narrative. And then all of the elements of this experience point to that single point. Um, and this re- really requires us to kind of sweat the details, like what happens before, during, and after. Um, because we want, we want people to kind of have like their own unique experience, but when they leave, what do they say? Do they, are they all saying the same thing or, or were they distracted or they're multiple like conflicting points? Yeah. Um, and so we're gonna continue to build on that. I think that's like, uh, what's exciting is like, let's build, why people, build on the single narrative, why people come to it but now start to bring it to life in, in a new uh, in a new arenas and new virtual spaces, but also kind of looking to like, when we are back in person and we are able to gather, how, how do we do that? And what does that look like in the future? I think that's such an interesting marker for the success of a campaign. Like, is there a consistent thread of what people are saying after? Has there been a consistent, clear message that people have taken away? I haven't, haven't heard that that many times, so. Yeah, I mean, especially, you know, for, for brands, if you're spending uh, however much money on one of these experiences, like you want those consistent headlines and those Mm -hmm. social posts and the engagement um, to kind of really tell the same story. So it it does feel aligned. And again, it it goes back to like, what's that brand strategy? What do you want people to know about your brand? And um, experiential has been a way for uh, individuals to step into a lot of ways, step into your brand. Like, how does it feel, look, smell? Like how do um, what is that? What is that experience? And I think that there are there's some new ways that um, it's going to push us to to live and and operate in the, the virtual space. But I think once we go back into that physical space, taking the lessons we learned to only make those experiences even better. For sure, and I think you're right. The same principles apply. You know, there's that ephemeral moment in time where you feel like you're part of something bigger than yourself it's yeah. happening now it's inter- it's it's interactive and it's not a passive experience but then if you want to amplify that then you've got maybe you invite influencers or you have the fractals of people tweeting about it sharing about it there's headlines written about it so i think then your campaign can kind of live on past that that moment in time Oh yeah, no, that's a fantastic point. You know, we, we never want whatever that physical experience, like, I think that there's, there's something special about like it exists in a time and a space and a location, but to your point, like how does that live on and have much bigger arms? And I think um, that's kind of the role of social. And 
um, as we're kind of design designing these spaces and these experiences, like in a lot of ways, they're like they're content studios um, for us and for fans and for participants to come and film and shoot and share and um, out with their friends. And uh, I think you will kind of look at that same experience. I think, again, Travis Scott was a great example because um, you have the people who are in the experience, who are part of it, who are gamers, who are watching it live. Um, but it's not like it only existed in that moment. I was able to go back, millions of others were able to go back, were able to talk about it. Um, so again, it's kind of the, those same principles just reapplied to a new, a new space. Right, and I think the benefit is that you have so much more data on. Yeah. Dated and you know, if, if it's an event, you don't know who walked in or if they went to the bathroom or when they showed <laughs> up. Whereas if that's not, you kind of know how many people logged on, how many people commented or participated yeah yeah and i think you know it's really key to identify what's the objective um is it foot traffic or in this this kind of this case like click throughs how many people are coming to the experience like do we need a thousand two thousand twenty thousand people yeah or are we looking for uh, a smaller group of people maybe uh super fans or members of media uh, that is much, yeah, it's tighter and smaller, but we know the amplification, the press that's going to come out of there is going to be, is going to be huge, but it also allows us to kind of tailor the event, the event to them. Um, I think one of the examples is, uh, the Westworld for season three at CES, that was a small group of 200 people of the press, but we were able to, um, consistent with the story of season three, I'll try not to, uh, hit on any spoilers. Um, but actually be able to pull out data about all of our members who are coming to dinner and then customize kind of this interesting, creepy, but fun custom dinner to them. Uh, that's something you just can't do if you have a thousand people. But again, it's the, all the attention and the buzz and the press that came out of that was like well worth that smaller group of people. Right. And for those at home who aren't as familiar with the campaign, you know, Giant Spoon went to the, to the lengths where they harvested social media accounts with the permission of attendees to really build that profile and then creep them out with a highly personalized, highly AI experience to simulate the 2050 reality. Yes. That's yeah. And I think that's a great example. And just in terms of kind of what, what else are we thinking about in the, in the future? I think that event took place in Las Vegas um, in a time. physical space. But we can, we can still take that in concept and ask, how do we live this out? Are we mailing people, things to people? Are we, how are we connecting them over social where they can still leave the experience with the same thought, but without being in the same physical space. So um, it's, it's, we're still building on that foundation, that narrative, that core concept. It's just the delivery of it is, is a little bit different. And, and I think people are starting to understand that you know, perception is reality. There's so much <laughs> that we can simulate. Um, and right now there are wine tastings, chocolate tastings, where you can participate as a team and, and the wine manufacturer will send you each the same sampling. So you're having a shared experience different separately. So I think there's, we're definitely getting into a, an innovative time where people are not seeing physical physicality as a, as a barrier. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I, I think that when we think about how do we start to move back into the physical space and those experiences? You know, we have the, yes, let's, let's again, kind of what's that round table, yeah, how we're playing game. out. Yep. Yeah. Like it's okay. We do this in the virtual space, but now let's, let's jump ahead um, when we're not in quarantine and we can start to create these experiences and bring people in. 
Um, safety is obviously a huge thing that we'll be focused on, but I think what I'm most interested in, and as we develop these experiences, how do we keep people safe without knowing that we are keeping them safe? Right. You go to the grocery store right now and it's kind of terrifying because you're just so <laughs> aware of everything that's happening, how close people are, what you're doing, are you doing the right thing? Yeah. Yeah, there are, there's so many new social rules that we're just not aware of. But um, as we're starting to build out these new experiences in this space, that how do we start to um, live in this world of social distancing, but create these small nudges that move people through the experience and do so safely, but they don't break the experience. Again, if um, we want to tell this single story, the single narrative that they come out, we don't want them to come out and be like, oh yeah, I was like, I had to do, I washed my hands with this and I stood <laughs> six feet and like, that's not the point. So um, I think I think if you think of like a, a Disney ride, if you're at Disney World or Disneyland and the way that they're able to kind of distract you or uh, avert your attention one way while something else is happening, uh, that's that'll be kind of the things that we explore of like, yes, let's let's ensure we're keeping people safe, but let's not break that experience or that narrative. Yeah, because it's hard to have an immersive experience when all your the reminders around you are COVID-19. <laughs> yeah, that would be rough. So I, I, I think as we think about re-emergence, it's one thing that people should be thinking about is how do we keep people safe without making that at the front of their mind, um, you know, and how do you teach people what the norm is? Because we're having to, like you said, relearn all the social, all our social interactions. Handshakes are probably gonna go away, hugs for sure. Um, and I think if people can fall back to, okay, this is acceptable and they have a shared understanding, I think that lets them let go a little bit more, mm-hmm. like you mentioned. Yeah, definitely. And, and I, I, it, it's something that we're at Giant Spoon kind of questioning and thinking about. And I think it'll always be easy to compare an experience to what we're able to do before. But if mm-hmm. we can get to the place of like not focusing on what we can't do, but now focusing on what we can instead, of like, yes, this isn't like a subpar or a less of experience, it's just a new experience. Um, and so, I mean, anytime that there's something that's in, unfamiliar, a little bit uh, uncomfortable, I think is where you start to innovate and, and reinvent. So um, if we always can like continue to, especially in experiential, but just marketing in general, look towards the future of like, what can we do now? What are those new opportunities versus what can we no longer do? And how do, how do we get by now? So it's definitely like a, a big mindset shift um, and starting to, I, again, see those opportunities for what they, what they are. Great. Well, it's been so lovely to chat with you. Um, I think such great takeaways for, for those watching at home, you know, time to reinvest, think about what your message is, think about the long game and, and how you want to connect with your audience, know your audience, what message you want to get out there and, and think about how you can create these ephemeral experiences without um you know without the physical being an option so fantastic summary yeah thanks so much adam um look forward to chatting to you again soon thanks though it's been a pleasure speaking to you bye So on tomorrow's IAB there, we'll be welcoming Laura Desmond, operating partner of Providence Equity and interim CEO of Double Verify. We'll be discussing adaptation and innovation in a time of crisis. IAB there is a production of the IAB. Our show today was produced by Connor Healy, Joe Ounce, John Ward, and Twafika Mahadanandan. I'm Zoe Soon. Thanks for watching.